Hey everybody, welcome to Locked on Grizzlies for Monday. Welcome a new week, another week full of home games. Kind of like last week for the Grizzlies, this time the competition much, much stiffer. A week ago we were talking about Lakers, Knicks, and Kings at home. Yeah, well, this is a much less healthy Grizzlies team, we'll get into that, and a much harder slate of opposition starting with Philadelphia tonight. Uh, who has uh, been pretty darn good of late and certainly has so much talent than the Spurs on Wednesday and the Clippers on Friday, followed by Phoenix next Monday. So uh, a lot to get into uh, and certainly a bump up in the level of opposition. But we'll talk about what happened this weekend. And it was, boy, a special weekend, special night in FedEx Forum. And for those of you that followed me on Twitter, you know uh, I posted quite a few videos from Friday evening's events with Zach Randolph coming back into town and Vince Carter too. I don't want to give Vince short shrift, but let's let's be clear. There's nobody like Zach and nobody got the reaction that Zach got. It was an incredibly touching thing. I mean, the game itself, the Grizzlies won because the Kings are really, really horrible. I mean, really a bad team. They are definitely going to be uh, either one or two in terms of worst record, you're going to have to really tank hard to even come close to them. They well and truly suck on a epic scale. Very, very bad team. Uh, So, you know, you kind of have that in your back pocket. You know that's going to be the case. You know the game is probably not going to be that difficult. It really wasn't. Uh, It was a nice, easy, smooth win. I mean, Ben McLemore, went off for 21 points, for God's sake. I mean, that, that tells you how bad the Kings are right there. Uh, ben McLemore revenge game, such as it was. Uh, Dylan Brooks had another big game. You'll hear from Dylan coming up uh, a little bit later on. Uh, it was a weird night because not only was Zach Randolph honored, but Drake in the house for some reason. Drake making his, as far as I know, FedEx Forum debut. And our buddy Kevin Leip uh, pointed out that that is... Now one more Grizzlies home game for Drake than for the owner of the Grizzlies over the last couple seasons. So that's something. That's neat. That's a different sort of thing. So he was there and it was it had a the night had a very interesting energy for that reason. The game itself didn't matter, but it was all about Zach Randolph. And you know, once the pregame was like so I went in there to talk to Zach into the Kings locker room, and uh, he was, as he always does, he did this with the Grizzlies, and he was doing it with the Kings. I've never seen anything like it. The guy does all of his own ticket requests, and he had a bajillion for this game, as you would expect, coming back to Memphis. And the man, he's got the envelopes, every one. He's putting the, the tickets in. He got tickets from basically all of his teammates, apart from Scal, uh, Labissier, uh, who, of course, you know, is from Memphis as well, went to school in, in Memphis, so he had Memphis folks here. But everybody else pretty much kicked in with uh, with tickets for Zach. He had, uh, I mean, it was a huge stack. I, I can't even count how many there actually were, but he was going through every single one, putting them in envelopes. It took, I was there for probably 10 minutes, and he was doing envelopes the entire time. I don't know what he was doing before, how many he had already done. I, <laughs> he did it with the Grizzlies, and I, I don't know of any other player who does his own requests like that. Other players have these requests, but typically they have uh, somebody from the Grizzlies staff or from whatever team staff do a lot of it, or you know they may kind of glance at it, but, but that'd be about it. 
Zach is like committed to the process. It's, it's, I don't know. It's one of those unique Zach things. He was always doing it here. He's done the same thing there. And he was talking to all of us while, um, cause it was me and a few other folks from, uh, from Memphis in there. And he's just talking to everybody. And, and you could tell, I mean, it was, he, the guy was having a great time and it, it, that's what it's supposed to be. Cause I mean, they, obviously their, their season is off the rails. He's not going to be, um, you know, anything more than a advisor to these guys. He's not going to be a, a critical part of winning anymore. So all he can do is kind of help the, the young guys do whatever they're going to do. But this year, this, 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 this night, this was about him. This was a big night. Um, and I think the emotion of it kind of took his competitive spirit out. He wasn't, it was a little bit like what happened in Sacramento where he really wasn't uh, into the game, just didn't have, you know, a whole lot going, but it was, it didn't matter. I mean, that was, it was a love fest. You know, when he went out there, it was crazy pregame. He's, you know, taking shots. It's, it's like everyone's coming up to him. He's having meetings. He's talking to this guy, that guy, fans, you, you name it. Everyone wants a piece of his time. He was unfailingly generous and kind. Of course, you know, he would go on the, the next day, Saturday morning to donate $20,000 to MIFA uh, and to uh, continue to honor uh, his privilege of uh, helping families pay their light bills and help the hungry in Memphis with a new uh, a, a new effort. So it's he's a super generous guy, and it was a, it was a really wonderful gesture. And on the night, it just felt like everyone wanted to give the guy a big hug. Really did. I mean that that's that's all this game was about. This wasn't really about the actual basketball game itself. It was just about Zach. Everyone wanting to appreciate the guy. He got a huge ovation. When he was announced, he got a huge ovation uh, when he first touched the ball. Um, it, it was especially notable at the end of the first quarter when they had the um, the tribute video, and it was an awesome tribute video by Mike Blevins and the, and the and the folks in the Grizzlies production staff. They did a great job with that. It really captured so much of what you know made Zach special. It had the funny stuff it had the intense stuff the game against the spurs uh, you know choking out blake griffin staring dudes down um it had help in the community i mean it, it kind of had a little bit of everything that encapsulated what zach was uh, all about really did a wonderful job with that so credit to them and the crowd was incredibly emotional moved really was a uh it was special it was special to see it. And, and and it was like i said it was just a big hug the game itself was totally secondary to whatever was going on. And it felt kind of like at that moment, after the first quarter, everyone pretty well knew that that was what was going to happen. There was going to be a tribute after the first quarter when there was. Mark, you know, he'll, you'll hear Marcus all talk about it because I asked Mark about it after the game. He was getting into it. He's emotional. Everyone just kind of felt, you could just feel it. It was, uh, it was a big moment. And once it happened, everything just sort of, I don't know, Tapered off. The Grizzlies scored like 10 points in that quarter. It was a you know 40, 40 game at the half, and, and then the second half was was all Grizzlies. Um, but it, it kind of felt like the air had come out of the forum after that because everyone was just so into the scenes, and rightfully so. I mean, Zach is one of a kind. There will never be another one. There will never be another Zach. From Memphis's perspective, 
not from a performance standpoint, they may there may well be a guy who comes along and gives the kind of numbers that Zach gave. But it won't be the same. It won't feel the same. It won't be the same kind of story. It won't be with the same swagger. It won't be so impactful because it would have already happened. Uh, there's just not going to be a, a confluence of events like that. It's a little bit like Tony Allen, but on, even on a bigger scale. Uh, it was a special, special night. So kudos to the Grizzlies. I thought they did a great job of, of honoring the big man. Uh, great to see Zach. He was doing fantastic family doing well so it's uh, it was really cool and the game itself took a took a backseat as it should um again the the most notable thing to say was Ben McElmore Dylan Brooks had a big night um and I thought the Grizzlies you know overall did kind of what they had to do taking that second quarter out of the equation where everybody just kind of stopped playing but once once that was done yeah they they, they did they did fine they did what they had to do against a, a really bad team. And I mean, when I say had to do, I mean, they had to win. Literally, I don't think there was a way they could have avoided winning that game against that Kings team. That is a bad Kings team that has lost seven straight and uh, could lose. They could reel off 15, 20 straight, and I wouldn't bat an eyelash. They have zero talent, zero well, I say zero talent. I mean, they, they have some talent, but it is so raw and young and low basketball IQ right now that they're just scrambling. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was it was a bad night for them. A lot of nights are bad nights for them as they look forward to uh, adding another lottery pick to that uh, to that, that team and who the hell knows where they go from here. Uh, we'll talk uh, here momentarily about the other game, much more interesting game, uh, in far as far as on court performance is concerned, against the uh, Pelicans, you'll you'll hear from Dylan Brooks too. Uh, on the other side, also uh, Marcus Saul talking a little bit about uh, his relationship with Zach Randolph. We'll talk about the Grizzlies' injury situation, which is not great going into tonight's game, uh, and uh, a little bit more. So that's all uh, on the way here as we continue with Locked On Grizzlies. Before I talk about the Pelicans game on Saturday, I did want to play a little sound uh, in a couple of interviews I did after the game on Friday with Dylan Brooks and Mark Gasol. We'll start with Mark, uh, and it starts kind of, you know, you'll, you'll hear Mark, and you'll hear the emotion and kind of the happiness. He was a very happy guy after the game. And this interview starts kind of with, I sort of asked him about what he and Zach were talking about. Because it looked like they were exchanging a lot of words and a lot of laughs and chuckles and, and stuff throughout the game when they were going up against each other. And uh, so I asked Mark uh, kind of what what they were talking about, and that's how we started. No, no, nah, nah, we just yeah, complained no. about other things, about not you know not getting enough uh, touches, about you know um, referees, about how much we miss playing with one another, um, how things have changed. Um, you know those kind of things, like not try stuff. You know, I would never do that, like with him, um, never. Was it um, more competitive in practice? Do you remember back in the day when you guys would occasionally? You know, it was the same. Same. The same. It's exact same. And even shoot around. Um, you know, he scores on me. I want to score on him. If he gets a stop. I want to get a stop. Like it's it's pretty simple. Like it doesn't like 
It's like, you know, you're playing uh, your brother. Uh, it's that simple. Do you watch, like, when the video uh, tribute and stuff like that happens? Yes. Do you kind of look at Did you get a little emotional watching uh, Yes, I did. I did. And I remember every single play. I remember every single play that they showed out there. I remember the feelings. Um, obviously, I got the goosebumps when I, when I saw it. Uh, he's, a, he's a special guy. He's just such a joyful, um, giving, caring guy. And, uh, and that's the way he... Uh, um, you know, he's a like he said, he's a blue collar guy, and and this is a blue collar city, so it's just a perfect match. Do you uh, remember like when you first like the first time you kind of got Zebo, like you kind of got it? You guys were working together, and you, you saw him right away in training camp. Uh, we were in uh, I think in Birmingham, Alabama, and that training camp when he first got here, and, and we we were clicking right away because we kind of like view basketball the same way, like we took care of one another. On the defensive end, we communicated on the defensive end, and, and that built a trust. You know, it's simple. Basketball is simple. It's a simple thing. Like, you take care of one another, you protect one another, you uh, cover the other guy. That makes the other guy trust you. And, uh, and from that, you know, we carry on to the games and, uh, and playoffs and, and so many battles. And, and I mean, you know, he, he, was, he was actually the uh, kind of the, like, the life of the party for my wedding. <laughs> I mean, he was the, the guy playing French Montana <laughs> in, in my wedding. So imagine, I mean, uh, we go, like, he's, he's, he's the best. Uh, it's, and and you, you, you take this now, three wins in a row. Yeah. With a young team, and you've seen you know, guys like Dylan, you know, Ben had a big night. Does the winning help to increase the attitude, the mood, the atmosphere? Does it help? Does it Definitely the confidence, but you cannot stop doing the things that got you winning. That, that, you know, we almost slipped today you know, at some point where we were getting selfish offensively, over-dribble, and then careless defensively. That will, you know, that will put you on the other side real quick. And, uh, and we can't allow that. And, and JB is doing a great job of not allowing that. And uh, he called a timeout, got on us uh, really quick, and uh, made sure that, uh, you know, that was not happening. So, you know, regardless of what happens on offense, we got to play defense, and um, and I thought that for the most part, like I said, 40 out of the 48 minutes, I thought that we did a pretty good job. Can you imagine the scene at Mark's wedding with Zach being the life of the party, as Mark puts it, putting on French Montana, um, doing God knows what? Hell of a scene. Would have loved to have seen it. Um, but there, there is a genuine connection there. Uh, it's, it's, it's a shame that things worked out the way they did. And it really just didn't feel right. I, I get, I think we all, we talked about it over the summer quite a bit. So you guys know my feelings on it. It was the right thing to do basketball wise to move on from Zach, but you understand that it's difficult. It's difficult to, um, see it's difficult to, be part of it. It's difficult to see kind of what what happens um, when these special times are broken apart. And, you know, particularly from the Grizzlies perspective, having seen now what's happened, it does feel uh, a little premature. And it's a shame that nothing could have been worked out. Because I think the idea of transitioning away from grit and grind made sense, but they didn't transition to anything. They didn't go anywhere with it. So it does feel especially sad that that, that was the case, that there was nothing that was left 
you know, from that group and you saw Tony come in and he's hurt with Pelicans and then Zach with the Kings doing nothing, just spinning his wheels. But I mean, the Grizzlies, to be fair, they were never going to pay him anything close to what he got in Sacramento. I mean, two years, 24 million, great deal for him. Great deal for his family. Awesome to bank that money. Never going to happen with the Grizzlies. So made sense for him. To do that, and I, again, I don't think the Grizzlies really had any interest in bringing him back. I mean, I, I just don't think they even really reached out to any level. Kind of the same thing with Tony. I think they were ready to move on. And you get it, but it does lead to situations like you know, what we saw Friday where it, it, it feels sad. You you understand why. It still feels sad um, at the moment. Now, in the game, as I mentioned, Dylan Brooks played well. And you, you're starting to see Dylan, he really continued to have Uh, a big, big month. Over the last couple of weeks, he shot uh, over 50% from the field, almost 50% from three. That continued on Saturday as well. Uh, A little more of a muted game, but he still scored 10 points on 50% shooting from the field and from three against the Pelicans. Had a big night against the Kings and uh, also has played well defensively. Really uh, has done a lot more than you would expect from a guy picked in the middle of the second round. And I talked to him about his defensive assignments, about the physicality of the league, and a few things uh, after the game on Friday. Typically, from the very beginning, I've had a pretty tough assignment right out of the gate. Have you adjusted to the kind of effort you have to give on both sides to be able to kind of make it work? Yeah, um, you know, I just been picking my spots. You know, uh, I've been trying to work so hard. Like I've been working really hard on my defensive side, and just you know, working hard in the wrong places. You know, you got you know the balance of working hard and working smart. You know, I've been finding the mice, you know, intelligence and playing defense a little bit and, um, you know, getting the spots quicker, you know, t- making guys force up, you know, tough shots, you know, those little plays where you can get a little grab in or something, you know. I just try to, you know, learn the game and try to keep, you know, all the little things hidden, you know, because, you know, I'm not the fastest guy, I'm, you know, the biggest guy on the floor, but, you know, with all those little hints and, you know, niches that I got, you know, they help me play defense. Is that like a mental thing? Is it, is it tape? Is it film? Like what? It's everything, you know. It's mentality. You know, I'm not going to quit. You know, it's a challenge. You know, I'm trying to not let this guy score. And it is tape, you know, knowing what their tendencies are, you know, knowing what they like, you know, taking it away, you know, forcing, you know, the, the offensive player to just do one thing. Does it kind of you still have that thing in your head about in the second round that you see the Kings and two first rounders, two guys picked ahead of you. you have, does that still motivate you at this point? A little bit. You know, I'm just trying to, you know, go out there and just play the hardest and then, you know, the coaching staff be like, shoot, we should have drafted you, you know, and all the assistant coaches, you know, talking about, um, you know, we, we had to we had to pick, we should have picked you right there. Um, you know, uh, you know, just that that's just, you know, the best thing you can feel like, you know, as a coach, you know, other coaching staffs, you know, kind of getting mad themselves, you know, not picking you. And, you know, you just want to get better and better. I noticed that you had one of the finishes that you had at the rim was almost like bodied. I forget who it was, but mm-hmm. are you getting physically stronger, used to the contact at this level to be able to do things like that? Yeah. Um, and that was Justin Jackson. You know, he beat us in the final four. So, you know, I want to really put it to him. Uh, but, um, you know, it's just, you know, playing, you know, the rest are not really calling that physicality, you know, and then, you know, they're letting you kind of play out there a little bit. Um, and, you know, in, in the niche of the game, you know, you just got to take those chances and, you know, see, um, you know, he never had really, I knew he never had really, you know, 
um, you know, Felicity in front of me, so you know I could just push him off and get the light. Was a little extra Canadian motivation with Drake? Yeah, you know, I seen him once I came off, and then I started getting it going. Uh, you know, I hope he recognizes me, and you know, we can chill sometime. Did you get you? I was gonna give you a chance to uh, say hello. Nah, I didn't. He was all focused <laughs> on Vince. I think Brooks and Selden, Wayne Selden, of course, uh, who had a huge night against the Pelicans on Saturday. There's something there. Those guys can be rotation type players for a good team down the line. You know, you're you're just the the rest of the season is really about identifying the talent that that you can use to build around the guys that you're gonna want to stick with, the other guys that you aren't. You need to identify those and go on as best you can. Well, here's the opportunity. And Brooks has taken advantage of it. He's been the only player to play in every game for the Grizzlies this year. Been very durable, played different types of, of roles, but but generally has played a bigger role than you would have expected from a mid-second-round uh, pick and has exceeded any reasonable expectation. In the process, he's got a good attitude, good hard worker, guys like him, coaches like him. Uh, he's got a real chance to, to stick in the league for a decade or more, which is uh, well over expectation for any second-round pick. So kudos to the uh, Grizzlies. That was a nice pick. And uh, kudos to Dylan Brooks because he's played well. Same thing with Wayne Selden, who, you know, now that he's healthy, has started to really put it together. And in spurts, you know, he didn't play a ton in the Pelicans game and was off, uh, you know, came off the bench and, you know, kind of had moments here and there. But he ends up going 11 of 16, 31 points, just absolutely lighten it up and, and he, he missed his first basket was easy and he missed it missed the second one too so he finishes 11 for 14 uh just lighten it up you know and and really a lot of iso stuff a lot of it was one possession where he just dribbled around for like 15 seconds late in the shot clock and just fires up a ridiculous fadeaway rainbow from like 18 feet and the thing just went in it was one of those nights for him but he's got that scoring ability. He's got the he can he can cook, and there's not a lot of Grizzlies that can do that. So it was it was fun to watch him. The Grizzlies came out and played you know really horribly for that first quarter or so, first half really, but uh, especially right out of the gate, just not engaged on the offensive end or the defensive end. Really just uh, sleepy kind of performance, and it it totally changed in the second half. But it was too far gone by that point had no answer for boogie cousins for most of the night fouling was a real problem and the grizzlies got screwed a couple times from a referee perspective but mostly it was just the pelicans and you know anthony davis and particularly demarcus cousins being super super aggressive just constantly driving those guys getting to the basket over and over and over again past marcus saul past Jarrell martin Pastor Michael Green before he got hurt, past Deontay Davis, and um, the, the the Grizzly Bigs really struggled to contain any kind of penetration from the Bigs, and that's a unique offensive set. You don't see that a lot, uh, or really from anybody, because no one's got a pair like Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. But I thought Chris Finch, who uh, is an assistant coach, came over from the Nuggets to the Pelicans in the offseason, has really... Um, introduced a lot of 
fun concepts to the Pelicans' offense. Their offense looks great. Very difficult to stop. Drew Holiday went off uh, late in the game, too, and, and ended uh, with a big night. So uh, it was a good tank game from the Grizzlies' perspective, though. As far, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you saw a lot of young players got a chance to play. Some of them played very well. Grizzlies did not win the game, but they came back and played hard. They didn't get embarrassed. Um, that's a good That's a good night. That's what you want when you're tanking, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, or when you are, again, tanking is the the game, the game word that's used loosely. The Grizzlies aren't tanking per se. It's just no reason to win these games. And so, you know, that's it's not, it's not a bad thing for them to lose. Just put it that way. Um, you know, in terms of the actual basketball itself, I thought some good minutes actually from Deontay Davis, who to me looks like over the last uh, month or so, he has gotten some of that spark back in the legs. He looks more lively. He looks like he's diving to the basket more. It looks like he's giving you more quality minutes. I mean, he had seven rebounds in uh, 18 minutes, which for him is a big, big number, unusually high number, six points as well. And, uh, you know, he was doing a lot of the things positionally that you want to see him do. He was really running the floor with a lot of effort. You know, uh, Jarrell Martin, I thought uh, was okay in this ball game, uh, at least, you know, from the perimeter, three of three from three for him. He's He's got... I don't think he sticks with the Grizzlies, but I think that there is a way that maybe he's playing himself into being a moderate asset at the trade deadline for somebody. Um, And I mean very moderate. Do not look for any miracle, but I think you could now potentially throw him into a deal and it wouldn't be uh, a total negative. And that's, that's a... I don't say that lightly. It sounds like I'm kind of damning him with faint praise, and I'm not. I mean, that's that that's way ahead of where he was. It's way ahead of where he was. He has gotten better uh, over the last little bit. Saw some minutes, first real minutes from Mike Henry, the two-way player, uh, who played 14 minutes, and I don't remember him doing anything. I literally could not tell you. I remember one pass he made that was good, um, and I remember one turnover. He probably had more than that, but I don't really remember them. Was an incredibly, I'm I'm shocked he played 14 minutes. I I genuinely, that's a whole quarter. I I don't, I couldn't tell you a single thing he did well or poorly. He made zero impression on the court. None whatsoever. Um, Tyreek Evans did not have a good night, but that worked out again in favor of those of us who want to see the Grizzlies lose. That worked out beautifully. Uh, Marcus Saul was not especially good, particularly on the defensive end. I didn't think, um, but he's all right. He's, he's okay. It, it was it was just all right. It wasn't a horrible game by any stretch. It was just all right. So all in all, good night for the Grizzlies. Young guys got to play. You lose, and all is well. Of course, the young guys are going to get a chance to play a lot more because the injury uh, list for tonight's matchup with the Sixers is woo. Woo! Goodness gracious. Uh, you've still got no uh, Mike Conley, of course. Uh, Jarrell, uh, or Jermichael Green, rather, hurt himself in the um, in the game with the Pelicans uh, in the third quarter. That ankle continues to be hurt, so I don't know if it's a 
if it's necessarily the the same thing that's related to what he what happened earlier in the season uh, and kept him out for a while at the beginning of the year, I don't know. But uh, that's the second time that he's hurt his ankle against the Pelicans this year. Um, so he is out. Uh, James Ennis continues to be out with a calf injury. Chandler Parsons out uh, with right knee soreness. Also an illness situation, which um, I'm told seems to be under control. Uh, and uh, I don't think is necessarily related to like uh, a traditional illness like a, a flu or anything like that. I don't want to speak too more on that, but uh, I think that's probably uh, something that's a little bit different. Uh, as far as the questionables, those are all out. You know, Mike Conley, Green, Ennis Parsons, then questionable, uh, Jarrell Martin with a left hand injury, Mario Chalmers with the right shoulder injury, Dylan Brooks with an illness, and I would think that is uh, cold and flu-related, something similar to what Marcus Gasol was dealing with uh, last week. Andrew Harrison listed as probable, and I would suspect that he would come back to play uh, after not playing on Saturday. I would think he would he would play, but this is a real opportunity for the Deontay Davises of the world to step up and get some big, big minutes. Ivan Rabb potentially to get some some big minutes against uh, a, a very talented uh, Sixer front line. So uh, we will see. But another tank game would be, I think, perfectly appreciated by uh, a lot of folks out there who seem to have probably accepted that this is the fate of the season. So another chance for young guys to come out and impress and another chance to lose. What, what more could you ask for? Uh, we'll see. We'll talk more about it uh, tomorrow on the podcast and hopefully hear from some folks after the game as well. Thanks so much for listening. Again, I am Peter Edmiston. If you want to get in touch with me, you can. I am on Twitter. It's just my name, at Peter Edmiston. I am uh, on email as well. I'm on email. What am I, 75 years old? Did I just say that? I am. I, I have access to email, ladies and gentlemen. I have an email account. I will check it. And if you email me, uh, I will uh, get back to you. Pedmiston at gmail.com. That's Pedmiston at gmail.com. Big props out to the Locked On Podcast Network and a reminder that we are on Spotify now. So for those of you that uh, are subscribers and you download the podcast, great. If you have friends and you want them to hear it, boy, that would be great. I'd love for you to spread the word about the pod. It's really easy because now on Spotify, all you got to do is search for Locked on Grizzlies and you are good to go. So tell your friends they got Spotify, bing, bang, boom, uh, hook it up and you got it uh, You got it nailed. It's a really easy way to listen to the podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We'll talk again tomorrow here on Locked on Grizzlies.